Mm-hmm. <laughs> Episode 675. New year, new us. Oh my God, right. We should have started bigger. I know. It's like the first episode of the year. And we're like, hello. Hey. Welcome. Hey. What's up? Come here often? I hope so. Happy New Year. Yay. So exciting. 2023. Good grief. Does that number feel good to you with your color thing? It's it's a dud. What color is it? I mean, it's, well, I do love two and three next to each other because two and three, two is yellow and three is green. I funny. Sorry, I knew that. I knew three is three is yeah. yes. What I'm where I'm going with this? Three is blue, and when you mix them together, they equal. See, I couldn't even like separate in my mind because now all I see is green because I have the two and the three next to each other. So what I uh, what I see in that is five. Mm. So I'm like, why is it? it, it but then the yell like throws off in the beginning. So yeah, it's like a yeah. So it's like a, you got all that's that. So everybody funny that you know me well enough to know that. Yeah, yeah the two in particular. I think you've. You've discussed. Yellow. Yeah, four is red. Well, welcome. Oh my gosh, welcome, New welcome. Year, same us. Love it. Same, same us. Mm-hmm. You know, if it ain't broke. Well, we do have big it. things coming with our studio, which I'm psyched about. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Uh, it really does pay off to have a boyfriend who's an interior designer because mm-hmm. when I say like. Hey, can you make this? He's like, yeah, no problem. What do you want? What do, what do you want? Yeah. No big deal. He goes, and you can see like a thousand different ways to do things. Yes, I love that. And then combined with Adam, who's like bull out of gate, like he is just so excited about this techie part of it. Yes. And then we're just going to reap the rewards. It's going to be really yeah. good. I think all the video components. So, yeah, we're just yeah, getting so started. Getting- okay, people? We sure are. So you can like watch us on video, on Mm-hmm. You know, which means I'm probably gonna like have to. I know, get right? dressed from the waist down, huh? <laughs> That's why I wear overalls because it kind of sucks. Yeah, sometimes Sarah is pantsless in our lives, and it yeah. does add a real mystery because we yeah. can't Not see so it. Not so much anymore because it's fucking cold as shit over here. I. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. 
was just watching old Johnny Carson clips like I do every night. You know, like you do. And they one night in, I think, 1974, there was a streaker in the studio that streaked oh, fun. The, during the monologue. And I, I just am so fascinated by how there was that moment in the 70s where, like, yeah. everybody was streaking. What the hell was that? Bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back, streaking. 2023, the year well, of streaking. Now, there you go. Mm-hmm. There's something we can get down with. The year of nudity. I mean, you know, I could get, yes. a, little, could get a little crazy. I like yeah. it. I like what yeah. I'm hearing. Bring back yeah, streaking. Yeah, what was that about streaking? I think you think it was just kind of like the same way nudist colonies. We were like all big into like. Yeah, and that's musical body, hair. Like, yeah. They were just like hippity zippity or whatever. But then it got Super a little like naughty. As it does yeah if you're like dancing under the moonlight (laughs) doing the shrooms and smoking the dubs things get weird and like you know free like Mm -hmm. you're gonna you're gonna probably take your clothes off it's such a weird thing and i've never seen a female streaker but there should be more of that because nobody wants to see a wiener nobody i feel like i've seen a female streaker where soccer mat where get out of here Mm. a sports event question why do we? I think it would think throw it them off them same, so bad. It would. Like if a hot. Then lady. they would stop and they just like look and not run after you. They yeah. Don't know what to do for a sec, and they're like, "Do we chase her? Do we? What do we do? I, I like this, but yeah, I, I don't want this to know. stop. Right. Yeah. Because because the a streaker, you, you're going to imagine probably where whereas like sometimes you know we joke that like the the people who are like often all about being a nudist are like the last people you'd want to see naked totally but streakers probably have hot bod they're like in good shape because you can't be a slow streaker yeah and i think that usually it's men with big wieners that like want to show it off or something for sure do you remember adam king from the challenge mm-hmm. it's like all he had going for him that that guy <laughs> was naked more than anybody well in tech text ever... like that oh yeah big wiener you know? also yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the show? I know the answer is no, but you're really missing out. White Lotus. No, I do know that I'm missing out, though. My God, you guys can't shut up about it. I loved it so much. Yeah, but people love it. There was a scene in, uh, in the beginning of the season where one of the characters changes in front of one of the f- other female characters that is not his wife. And, uh, and I had to pause it and rewind it and make Eli watch because I was like, that is the biggest. You could Johnson see I've his wiener. Huge. Who but was it? Then we find out it was a prosthetic <gasps> and it was all part like, yep. Prosthetic. I'm wiener. more offended by that than the fat suit that we've talked about. Um, that they would tease us like that. Yeah. That they would make way. them look better with prosthetics. Yeah. I think it was like supposed to be part of, you know, the character. He's like the the rich white guy that you is an asshole that you really want to hate. We know it like definitely know these guys. Yeah. And but it, he uh, had a giant it, and and so it's supposed I think it's supposed to be like, oh, this guy's got everything, but also does he question mark? And uh or like maybe it's like this is what this guy thinks he can get away with because he's got a big dick. Yeah. And he's not you know, wrong. Kind of thing. And I mean I re I I rewatched that. And, what did Eli like, say about it? He goes, oh, that's definitely a prosthetic. And then when I went, and, so he like said it like that. That's so it, funny. And, and then, uh, and then just I, I want to say like two nights ago, I read an article where the actor came out and said 
like talked about how it was a prosthetic. And I was like, oh my God, Eli, can you believe that in that scene that we saw, that was a prosthetic? He goes, yeah, I told you that. And he thought that when he said it was a prosthetic like that, he, he was like delivering me the actual news, like, like a, 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 like the, like I was, when he said, yeah, I told you that. I'm like, yeah, but he was guessing. Yeah, you just told me your opinion. Yeah. You're like, I didn't know. We didn't, we didn't have a fat, you didn't have anything to back that up. Like, yeah, it's been like, confirmed. Oh, man. Then I thought about it. And I'm like, I probably do that all the time and go, yeah, I said that. Well, what? how big was it? Like nine, nine, 10, 11, 12? What? I mean, it was a, it was a shower, not a grower. Wow. Bigger than a bread box. Like, huh? like he's, so he's putting on his pants or putting on the bathing suit shorts and he's like kind of bent over and you can see it hanging down between like, it's definitely touching the water. Even yes. If you're like Adam talks about that. In the uh, toilet if he's sitting down to yeah pee. yeah That's which by the way guys you should definitely do that because that shit gets everywhere so just sit down <laughs> you mean they should sit down to pee yeah yeah i, I mean you know i don't know maybe sometimes mm-hmm. yeah i don't object it Whatever. would be nice i would like the rest i just wouldn't like i know that's what i always every, say I every like now sitting. and then i wish i could stand up and pee you know like camping right. every anytime i'm snowboarding Anytime, and I have to pee, and it's like a whole thing. I take off the entire suit, and I wear a bib, so like you're basically getting naked. Yeah, and I always think, man, if I if I just I would just whip it out and like. I mean, they do have that. That's a real nice perk to the wiener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you miss out on the rest. Yeah, (laughs) the rest is really nice. But in public, it's usually not a rest. It's a workout because you got to hover and squat. I mean, it really burns the thighs. I read this article that wasn't even like, I, I thought it was going to be something that I wouldn't even bother bringing up on here because it was really like, a, okay, what the fuck? And it was an article on why toilet seats are shaped like a horseshoe. Oh. Because they're only shaped like a horseshoe in public restrooms and at home they are fully connected. Yes. And I guess there was one study or something that talked about how, well, uh, this is. Oh my God. There's a lot to unpack here. Maybe I should have talked about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm this into it. This is a better story than I thought. Um, it said that it cuts down. Uh, it, it's like more hygienic because there's that that gap there provides room for your hand. But then people were talking about how like women aren't wiping from back to front. So that gap there doesn't really help. And there's something about there's less bacteria or there's less. Wow. Stuff on the toilet. This sounds like some sort of conspiracy built by like big toilet seat. Yeah, or like men designed a toilet, and they were like, "We need this opening for like I don't know my fucking balls or something like that." (gasps) And then they're like, "Oh, because women are gonna wipe like that," and they're like, "Have you seen a vagina or know how to?" Yeah, no, we don't. And so (laughs) that seems maybe a little bit like that. But they didn't say that in the article. Did they happen to say how hydration is the key to good health? Well, definitely the key to using the toilet a lot. (laughs) Yeah, and Liquid IV's got you covered in the new year. I bet half of you are hungover right now because this episode comes out on the 2nd of January. You're probably still hungover. You need to get some Liquid IV. Yes. Help yourself out. Listen, my friend Dave is a firefighter, and whenever we go... Uh, a camping or we go up to to summer camp he always says you have to be peeing clear and often yeah are you peeing clear and often if you're not peeing clear and often you need to get hydrated troubles brewing second yeah get hydration but not with gross old water 
just make it Boring. delicious and you'll hydrate two to three times faster. And the, the, um, that was a lifesaver when I was sick, especially I did the acai oh, yeah. berry and the golden cherry were my go-tos. Um, but they have a million flavors. So whatever you're into, they have, and these have, this is electrolytes like, or vitamins, you know what I mean? And three times the electrolytes is like the ones you would normally go for. Mm -hmm. So it's so much more bang for your buck. Grab your liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use a code candy at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code candy at liquidiv.com. And I don't mean to imply the brainiacs are just, you know, hungover losers. Some of you people go to the gym. Whoa, whoa, whoa. those two things don't have to be connected. <laughs> well, I just want to be clear, like this is for working out at the gym, which I'm sure you're all doing yeah. now that you have your New Year's resolution situations uh-huh. on the go. Um, or like keep it in your purse. Great for travel. Or if you have that kid who's like, I want juice. I want juice. Yeah. No. Tricked you. Trick- Here's your cherry juice. Yeah. Here's and then you have to pretend juice. like it's not healthy, but it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is only for a treat. Here you go. I would totally <laughs> only freaking do for that a, to a treat. Kid. Like I want, I I, I want to have a kid just to trick him like that. I like where your head Those is. Kind of things. Chore charts trick him into staying hydrated. I was hoping. Go ahead. What were you going to say? No, no, no. Say, I should not produce say. your show. I want. I'm no. looking forward to when we talk about your Instagram. So like I'm chomping at the bit over here, <laughs> but I'm willing to wait. What do you want to talk about now? Uh, nothing that I was planning on talking about, but you just kind of reminded me. So I feel like everybody on the planet's been sick recently. And you were just saying when yes. you, you were sick, you preferred like the white cherry one golden, yep. and golden cherry. And then I was thinking, all mm-hmm. of a sudden this thought popped in mind. How come grape and cherry became the official flavors of being sick? Yeah. All, all cough medicine. How come we don't have banana flavor cough medicine? How come we don't have peach flavor cough medicine? How come we have yeah, right. only three flavors? It's like cherry... It must, well, I was going to say the most overpowering, but banana is very overpowering. So you would think there would be banana. And as somebody who's a puker, banana is one of those things that tastes the same way coming up as it does going down. So you should be given that when we're sick. So no problem. So stuff tastes bad, bad, bad. So medicine maker, Sarah has some notes. Okay. Yeah. Introduce some new flavors. I'm just saying some of us are like over the ones. And I think a lot of us have that idea in our head that that's what it tasted like when we were little so i i, I take yeah it's pavlovian like, just like can we come why aren't you taking capsules is the real question like gel caps of like nyquil dayquil that kind of thing why are you that's in the liquid question. department that uh, that's a good question i feel like that that seems for some reason like it could the, be that they were sold out because i know a lot of places uh, well they definitely were yeah. you know what i had to get i had to get the one for high blood pressure <laughs> That's so Which funny I, to me. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't get Shout out to Eli. What does that even got me mean? me all my meds. So there's a kind <laughs> of medic. There, it's like a, it doesn't have certain ingredients that will affect you if you have high blood pressure. Huh. So it's like a different. They've thought of everything. stuff makes you fucking loopy. That one was weird. Oh, I, I like I that. Like, yeah. I love feeling loopy. And Eli and I were talking about there was a time when I think we were in like junior high or high school. Where this specific kind of, like, for high oh, blood yeah. pressure medication it was giving was people heart attacks and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and like that. So I think that this was an. It made me feel weird. I did, I was not. I did not sign up for getting loopy that night. <laughs> Good to know. A little. Consider loopy, yourself but. warned, everybody. Yeah. So that wasn't meaning to talk about the the flavors, but I just. 
No, I, I'm glad you shared that. Thank you. Talk about it. Okay, <laughs> before we dive into the What's on Sarah's Instagram feed, Susie and I had a hilarious conversation before we got started recording these episodes. And uh, Susie said, uh, you know, I bet you have the strangest yes. Instagram discover page. Yes, because you confess so specific and weird. You confess oh, some yeah, videos that were being suggested to you that would never be suggested to me. And then I recalled like other times you've been like, yeah, I saw it on my discovery page. And I'm like, what are you feeding into this algorithm? What is on your Yes. Before, since we teased you that, yeah. the thing I teased you about two episodes ago. That we didn't get to. Yes, this was going to be big. Okay. Was because I feel like there's so much to talk about. So back, I want to say it was in May or something like that. But the uh, uh, data collection company, whatever. (laughs) Singular. Uh, Yeah, right. Uh Like one of those guys. Mm -hmm. There was a study that was done on what people dream and so this company from the uk looked at took this data of people's google searches and what people are searching for online Mm -hmm. and compiled a a list and like a whole infograph about the topics and themes that people dream in every country in the world i'm into it Suze, it is i'm already getting goosebumps because it's there are so many things to to explore and yeah. th- questions to ask on here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, let's start out. What do you think? Because I, I, I feel like we have to guess a few of these. What do you think is the most common, and I'm even going to share my screen so that you guys who mm-hmm. are, are on Patreon or anything like that can even like see some of this fun some of these fun. We'll definitely share these infographs like in our uh, newsletter, which, by the way, if you have not subscribed to our newsletter, what the heck are you waiting for? It's where we talk about like all these amazing articles and yeah, where everything came it's from, on our main. It's so important. Uh, the BrainKittyPodcast.com, like halfway down the homepage, you can just sign up real quick. We don't spam you or anything. Oh yeah, my gosh, nothing. this is great. This is so this great. Is great. So if we're, let's heck. first just explore the U.S. Let's first just dive in. Okay, to this is top what dreams in the U.S. And now we can't. We're we're making a couple generalizations here. We're we're, we're or, or inferring something or assumptions, I should say. Mm-hmm. These are we don't we haven't gone around and asked everybody what are you dreaming. Mm-hmm. But these are the dreams the the dream subjects that have been the most searched, and they are the. The most Googled dreams. Right. So this is something That's that like affects important... you enough to want to. Yes, you're like waking up uh-huh. and like I need to Google. Yeah, because if you're dreaming about, you know, like French fries, you're probably not going to really think yeah, too much like about it. making out with your high school crush. You probably didn't Google, why did I make out with my high school crush? Although you're wrong out. because look at number three. Oh, <gasps> what? <laughs> oh, this is so good. Okay. So if you guys can't see our list because you're listening, uh, the number one. By a long Googled, shot. By like four times as much. Mm-hmm. Teeth falling out. Teeth falling out. You've had this dream, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's very specific. I, I. This is the interesting one for me is that I, there are there are different ways that the teeth can fall yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. How do yours fall this out? This is like whole pieces, like chunks, like de- like like four at a time. 
The whole thing comes out. The whole tooth. It's not shattered teeth. It's not mm. breaking teeth. It's not anything like that. It's whole chunks of the, t- like four of the mole of my molars or whatever will just be. Just come right out. Like, like a, like they look like a set of veneers or dentures or like, but only like four or five in a row. That's and they funny. never have roots on them. They just come out like. Like the tooth a, that you see with your eye. Correct. Uh-huh. Which maybe is a good, oh, this is very, this is very helpful because you know how they say in like lucid dreaming, you know, if you want to start doing that, you have to first start recognizing when you're awake and when, and to say, I'm awake, I'm awake, I'm awake. Like that even just saying my, if I see teeth that are half teeth, you're definitely sleeping. Like just okay. to confirm. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, like this is the old psyche. dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This I'm in the dream state because you know, I don't you feel, I, I kind of feel like the older I get, the harder it is for me to distinguish what was real and what was a hundred percent. What is that? Is that that our dreams are getting fucking boring and like regular? No, I think it's that our lives are getting really crazy. That's what that Jane McGonagall book sort of touched upon, which was that what we used to think was unimaginable actually happened. Pandemic, like all that stuff. Now everything (gasps) is possible. You're right. Maybe and so like our dreams are as crazy as they ever were, but they seem realistic. Oh my God. Okay. Also, it should be, it should be noted that this is the monthly search volume. So the number of teeth falling out 81,000 times that was Googled it, average Google in a month. Oh my God. It's a lot. Uh, yeah. Compared to 20,000. Why do you think, one. do you think the reason that is such a common nightmare mm-hmm. is because mm-hmm. we're all grinding our teeth at night? And so like. Okay. This is, we're going to, this is, this is, I have these questions too, because let me just dive right in. Okay. Before we even talk about the other ones, because this is, this is, I feel like important to talk about right now. So now I'm going to show you the most common dreams in every country. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And they've categorized them by color on this sheet so you can kind this of see. This is hilarious. The, the teeth falling out one so happy is, right is in red. So look at all the countries and oh, the parts of the world. My God. What do you see, right? That where and the, also, they're all Western you, countries. Yes. There was no information that came with it. It wasn't, nobody made any conclusions. And I made sure, I was like, let me just see the raw data. Let me see the study. And then let's unpack and like make our own conclusions and talk about this, talk about this on the podcast. So if you look at this chart, you will see that in all of the places where there's a, like a heavy Western influence, Australia, um, Europe, but not all of Europe. Canada, England. The U.S. Yes. Scandinavia? Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe this is uh, England, and we have uh, France and New Spain Zealand. down there. Mm-hmm. Teeth falling out. And Mexico. Is that teeth falling out down there? Oh, no, that's love and uh, relationships. Love and relationships. Okay. Yes. The human body, so they categorize it by, like, the human body, love and relationships, animals and nature, money and objects, family, death, and then other. No data. Oh, my God. Okay. So now if you look at the ones in other, con- in, in other countries, the number one is snake. Yeah. The snake's the, the thing that really stands out. 
So I wonder if this, if there's some, so what like, is it about teeth falling out? Right. I wonder if there's something about the Western idea that your teeth represented class. Like, yes. Mm -hmm. And then if you lose that, it means, and this, this is like layered from, for, it has to be from a long time. Yeah. Isn't that, it, I can't, I, it's so. It's really intriguing because all the, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say that though, because in South America, almost the entire continent is number one is snakes. Yeah. And the, like Brazil at least is known for its sort of emphasis on beauty. Cause I was thinking yeah. maybe it's like the vanity stuff about the Western world that we mm -hmm. tend to put a lot of stuff in like how we look, but that's definitely true in Brazil. And man, they are dreaming about snakes down there. Yeah. But even like, do you, Oh, you weren't on this challenge with me, but I remember uh, we went on a challenge. I want to say to the Dominican Republic and we had a taxi driver. I was in a taxi with Wes, Devin, I think, me, and I can't remember who else. And Wes was being an asshole. So he was like, take us to a club where there are girls. And if you say that in, like, women, if you say that in a country Certain countries, where, yeah. Yeah. They're t they took us to a club where there are prostitutes. Right. So, and we got a good... Uh, sampling of what the sex worker industry in Dominican Republic looks like. Every single one of them had braces. And I said to one of the PAs, wow, it's so interesting. We went to, you know, because now I'm like talking to them. I'm like, oh, isn't that fascinating? You guys don't have braces. Da, 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 da. You must and they were saying that, that dental care in that way, like the, the uh, um, like advancements in, in dental hygiene and stuff. And, and that kind of, that had well, just like recently aesthetic, got like, uh, yes. Dental yeah. work. Yeah. So it was like, this is the, or, and somebody was telling me one of the, I think it was like a PA or something. He was telling me this, like a local was saying, this is the order that they get things done. Teeth, breasts, butt. Okay. And cause the teeth, and I think they, he, I, I, I believe they even said the teeth was because a lot of the American yes. guys want so what is that about so right that's like a thing. yeah even in there. england like they talk because my husband's english so when we go there they talk about how their perception is that americans are obsessed with their teeth and especially like how they think we are too into the whiteness oh. like they're like your teeth look ridiculous they're too yeah. white and do you remember when we talked about why people in america smile more and how it was a melting pot and they had to smile more to say, I'm not a threat. Yeah. Or if you go to Russia, nobody fucking smiles at each other because they're like, oh, are you just like. Yeah, that's everybody. not how they communicate. Yeah. yeah. So we smile to say, I'm not a threat. And so maybe it has something to do with like this idea that, and not, it wouldn't be our generation. It's like older, 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 older than this. Way older. Mm -hmm. It was, like, it was from the turn of the 20th century where yes. they couldn't, there were so many different languages in the U.S., and so they had to rely on physical, like, mannerisms to communicate more. So smiling became super popular. And if it became super popular, I would imagine that there'd be some value in, in how your teeth looked. Yes. And, like, you want, you want to be smiled at with somebody who, like, mm -hmm. has all of them. Well, because it signaled uh, wealth or not. Yeah. It still does. 
Yes. Like if and, you watch and, fucking The Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia, that's one of the things you notice is missing teeth and things like that. And wouldn't you say like if you went through certain phases of life or you got reached a new level that maybe you'd have access to different kinds of tooth care and you like even the ability to worry about that or be vain about that or, yes. or put and put money into that. You know, I've I've read that teeth and dreams can symbolize change or the the like letting go of one thing or something like you know with mine it's like baby teeth coming out so new teeth can grow in. I'll tell you what I'll never let go of and that is my love for wild grain bread products. Oh my gosh. I dream about these croissants often. This this I've always said is one of my all-time favorite yes. partners because Agreed. This has changed the way we do dinner in the Butler household. Like these breads come frozen. You put them in your freezer. And then when we'll you say bread products yeah. because it's not just don't it's not just how about pasta there's pasta yes you yes. also put that so. in your freezer yes. and then when you want to have a pasta dinner with some nice garlic bread you just get them out of the freezer and you put the bread in the oven and you put the pasta in the boiling water and in no time you get a meal that tastes like you made fresh bread and fresh pasta yes a hundred percent fresh out of the, the entire house is going to smell delicious you have never had a croissant from your own well i don't know what fucking kind of baker you are whatever but <laughs> i have never had a croissant from my oven like these they're this so feels good like i should be paying ten dollars at a french patisserie for like, real for real for real and it's made oh with God, really I'm thinking of them right now high quality ingredients it is the kind of food you want to feed your family and it's so convenient, but most importantly, so delicious. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com slash braincandy to start your subscription, you heard me, free croissants in every box, and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash braincandy. That's wildgrain.com slash braincandy. Or you can use promo code braincandy at checkout. Amazing food. Truly. And if you've... you've- set your season up like my wonderful boyfriend Eli has you've already batched out some stews and chilies that are in your freezer and then maybe you have somebody in the house that's like but I want bread with that well now you don't have to go to the grocery store fresh you you got your fresh baked bread and you got your fresh baked bread and I always fresh bread with this stew I have to um warn everybody Sarah included that I am including in the end of this episode an interview with George McCallman who wrote and illustrated uh the black illustrated history which is this gorgeous book I put it on my insta story but it is stunning he does uh these beautiful illustrations of icons in the in the black history, including people that are still alive today. And um, then there are essays accompanying them about their these lives and celebrates the history of these black, amazing people. But it's also just like a celebration of art and African-American culture, black culture, um, and it's awesome. So I wanted to tell you now, so you know, because you guys like to know when my interviews are coming. It was, it's really more of me gushing for the entire interview, but that's because well, he is so 
talented, and this book is such a gift. So check it out. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I look forward to that coming up in the rest of the yes, episode. Yes, yes. What do you think your most common dream is? Well, my most recurring are mm-hmm. yeah, uh, the the teeth one, and then mm-hmm. uh, the you know the old classic. I wasn't prepared, and there's a final exam, and this I didn't go to class all right. semester, and now I got to take this test. Which we've talked about before. There was that NPR article about why we. I think it was NPR who did it. Yeah, and it was, or maybe the Atlantic. I think it was the Atlantic actually. Why we so. Uh, frequently dream about school and it's that first experience of being judged by uh, an authority figure yeah you know yes that mattered and Mm -hmm. there's no doubt about it that is mine and i hate to be like cliche but that is the truth no it's not cliche it's clearly everybody's kind of dreaming out i would say more than teeth falling out even though i have that every once in a while i'd say it's only about once a year but it would be so intense that it would make me want to google it yeah but the one that i think i have more of that panicky dream about is dying my hair black again. <gasps> no. Yeah. And some of these countries come up as like cutting hair or hair falling out, something like that. Why does that, but why do I you think often, that's so prevalent for you or like such a big um, thing? I think it maybe symbolizes that like two different ways of, of, approaching something one is is like short-term gains but long-term consequences and so there's this feeling of of regret in the dream i am very aware of how not black my hair is right now and how long it took me to turn it from black to blonde yeah and i i and then in my dream i always impulsively dye my hair and then regret it afterwards because I'm aware of how long it took. It, yeah, it, you're so mad to go back, and I'm like, why did I do that? And then in the dream, I'm also very aware of that because I remember my hairdresser saying, "Why didn't you just use what did she say? Like two N, like one N? If you know, like the colors for hair is like black, 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 actually black hair dye, and two N is like dark brown, and I always did." Like, jet black which is like a base that's blue and it's not a natural color it turns your hair that weird orangey color when you try to strip it out of there it doesn't fade into anything natural like even just a natural dark 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 Mm -hmm. brown would have been better and so i and i felt like i made it difficult like my decision made it difficult for somebody else to then do something that i want it was it's so layered so that's always the one i go to and i wake up like oh no and then I, for the next week, have to convince myself that, like, I didn't dye my hair black. Yeah, it's traumatic. Traumatic. Can or we... What? So... Can we talk about how there's a country in Africa whose number one dream is shoes? Oh, my God. I didn't even see that. That... See, these are the things I want to... I'm like, I want to know what... But how are they Googling it? Is... Like, if they don't have shoes... Like enough to we dream. We don't know of, they don't have. I know, but that's, that's like just the what, number one. I know, and they do. There's. Uh, well, why we, would it I think be we though in Ethiopia before, that more people had cell phone service than had power, like okay, had homes well. that were connected to a power grid. That that was a whole. 
thing. I love how you're mad so, at me. You're like, we don't know. They don't have. But I mean, it is Ethiopia yeah. and they're dreaming about shoes, which is so unusual. Right? So you assume. So then I think it's like the thing that you covet, the thing that we put on a pedestal <gasps> as. Right? With the teeth? Like you've made that's it. What I, that's oh. what I was, I was kind of thinking about. Like, what is it just if, if we were to explore each of these things, some of them are marriage. If, if maybe in your mind, like the epitome of like success you have it all yes mm-hmm. <gasps> i get goosebumps mm-hmm. ah, i think it's so interesting That's interesting there's also something about how the number two in so in the united states if you look at the top dreams in the united states um where is that screen if you look at the top dreams in the united states this the second most common yeah is snake yeah which is the most common in a lot of the world. Right. It's very Freudian. Yeah. And I wonder what that comes down to because we've even talked about how, what is it about? They're unnatural. That's what it is. Yes. Because of the undulating movements that freak everybody out. Yeah. So is that there's, it's either the thing we want most or the thing that is the most outside of our understanding of what is like, well, maybe this is both. So, okay. like, if you're horny for a wiener, maybe you dream of snakes. But also, oh. if you're just, your human brain is like, why are snakes here? This makes no sense. Because it does feel like snakes do not belong on the planet Earth. Right. Like, they got here by mistake, right. and now we're oh, stuck with them. So, I think it's both. Like, yeah. wiener and get the fuck out of here, snakes. We hate your guts. Wiener and get the fuck, but not even close to teeth. Uh, then we have, and maybe, you know what, maybe that's why it's Googled because I bet it probably goes either way of like, what is this? Am I dreaming about dicks or am I dreaming about, you know, my, the human condition, (laughs) something else. Yeah. Cause I used to have a nightmare that, uh, and it was when I was little that snake, and I, I was on a, my mom made this really cool bed. I had a, a bunk bed with no bottom bunk and the bottom bunk was like the, little playhouse that she made yeah, for me. Yeah. And so I had I was on the top bunk mm-hmm. and I would dream that the whole floor was covered in snakes and snakes were coming up into my bed. Oh no. You know a little bit about my history. Oh my God. A little too on the nose. And, you know, it's kind of terrible. But yeah, so that I can see if people could be confused of like what is what am I dreaming about here and want to kind of explore that. Other things that that made, I guess this is maybe the top ten list here. Yeah. So number one, we said teeth falling out. Number two, snakes. Number three, X. Dreaming about your X. Yeah. Number four, spiders. Number five, vacation. I think this is just the night before vacation stress dream. Oh, okay. I thought. Right. I'd love to dream about a vacation. That sounds nice. Yeah, but it feels like vacation. That doesn't go. Yeah, right. like, yeah, yeah. Nobody's googling when they had a nice vacation and like, you know, the you're googling like, why wrong. did this sh- cruise ship sink on in my vacation dream? Yeah. Um, next on the list, crowd favorite being or uh, unfavorite or whatever the opposite of that is. Um, what's the opposite of favorite? Least favorite? Why is my mind worst? blank all of a sudden? The worst. worst yeah. Sure. Uh, being chased. Yeah, a lot. I hear that a lot. I've, yeah, I've, and then you have the feeling that you can't move fast enough. That's the worst when yeah, you're being chased. That's totally the worst. I heard that if you work hard to try to confront whatever's chasing you, like if it's a re- reoccurring dream, yeah, you really work to tell yourself before you go to bed. I'm going to confront the person who's chasing me. I'm going to turn around 
I'm not going to run away. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay there. I'm going to turn around and be like, shoo, get out of here. Shoo. Scram. Scram, beat it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Beat it. Mm-hmm. Then it, it can be helpful okay. to, to kind of confront that. Uh, wedding is the next one. Then flies. Oh, I, I mistook that. I thought they meant like flying. But okay. Mm, I feel no, like that's this. way worse. Because I've had ma- the maggot dream. Oh, the maggot dream? Like, I don't know. It, it's the maggot to me because it's like I open the toilet seat and it's like full of maggots and I close it again and then I open it up and it's all flies that come at me. That is so elaborate. But I feel like this stems from the movie The Craft. A lot of these, because I know the snake thing came from that because that, that happens in that movie and I can pinpoint that that is when like I was dreaming about that okay. stuff. So this is like a that, be careful little lies so, what you see kind of deal. Totally. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Uh, next on the list, sex. Lower then, down than I'd expect. Yeah, way lower. Because, again, I don't think people are Googling their sex dreams. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. We're just happy to have them. We're just, like, happy. Yeah, yeah like, happy mm, to be here. Right. <laughs> yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. And uh, bears. Bears. That, I've never had a bear, a bear dream, ever. Never? No. Because I'm not oh, out in I nature. Think of a time. I have encountered... More bears in nature than I have, I think, <laughs> in, your in my dreams, dreams in, actually. I mean, one thing that I do dream about is Thrive Cosmetics. <gasps> I was just having a conversation with somebody about this the other day. Mm-hmm. There is no better mascara. I'm sorry. Never, ever, ever been a better one. You're never. so right. It is the first I vegan tubing mascara. I will never use another mascara, yeah. period. Mm-hmm. My whole makeup bag is now the Thrive Cosmetics Blue, whatever turquoise blue that you... Oh, so nice. Is their products. I mean, because everything I try, I incorporate then forever because it's the best one I've ever had. They have uh, waterproof eyeliner. They have brilliant eye brightener. They have the tubing mascara that we love. They have everything. And no parabens, sulfates, or other fancy things that I don't understand that like wreck you. This is really... We'll call those cheap fillers. Yeah, there's no cheap fillers. cheap things that are like... Bad for you. Not what you need in the product. Yeah. Yeah. These are certified vegan and cruelty-free, which we love. And this is super cool. Thrive has a bigger-than-beauty initiative where for every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates to help communities thrive. What is not to love about that? That is super cool. They have 300 giving partners across the country. And they have a deal for you. Come on now. It's a great time to try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself right now. You get 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash brain candy. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash brain candy for 15% off your first order. Also, how funny is it that... Um, there was one country, I don't know which one, where their number one was hats. What? <laughs> it was in Europe See, somewhere. See, that's got to be that, like, I don't know, somewhere in, the, like, hats became this thing that symbolized something else. Yeah. I feel like there's so much fun stuff to unpack on that. Yeah, we need people from around the world to weigh in. Like, here's probably why we dream yeah, that, but we like, don't know. I, I think that it just is such a fun uh, uh, like visual, like little infograph and really just makes you, I don't know. Even if you just think about the teeth thing though, in the Western world, I'm still kind of like scratching my head about it. I know. Cause and how it was so specific that it was 
uh, places where there's like an English monarch, like places where the, there was like colonization. Well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Apologies. But, uh, uh, you know, it's like that. Yeah. It's I, so I'm, weird. I, there's, there's stuff there. Yeah. And I just was so excited to share it because I know our brain candy brainiacs are going to like, and we'll put up the infograph and like send you guys in the newsletter. I'm sending them to Susie right now so that she has them. So uh, like, so you can see all of the stuff because I think it just makes for a really good conversation and debate. Well, because I suffered from the, what do they call that? The consensus bias where I just assumed the whole world's worst fear was their teeth falling out. Right, but that's not, and that's why you kind of see, like, okay, what is it that, is it that the other country fears these things? Yeah. Is it that, you know, that it kind of has this link to some kind of, like, dark underworld yeah. sort of evil thing? Which is the perfect segue to this other story okay. that I had mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, in kind of, like, compiling these these things I wanted to talk about, I chose this story because... Again, it just reminds me, like, we're going to look at the animal and why it's kind of spooky, spooky, and, and, and creepy and stuff. And there's something there, and I don't know what it okay. is. Okay. So um, there was some new information or some, some studies that came out recently, a study that came out recently, on the vocalization of bats. Oh, yes. My brother sent this to me. Okay. About the death metal voice? Yeah, because he loves death metal. (laughs) Okay. This is great. Yes. And when I wrote back... I'm like a few episodes too late from our death metal. Like when he sent it to me, I almost wrote back and said, this is brain candy material, but I knew he wouldn't care. So I was just like, wow, it's so cool. 100% brain candy material. And I feel like it ties into like, why is it spooky? So people are like, what the heck are you talking about, Sarah? Yeah. Um, So... There was a study that was done on the vocalization of bats. And people were, like, these these bat researchers were looking at the ways that bats communicate through echolocation and the frequency that they use. And they were, they were talking about how it, they have one of the widest ranges of frequencies of any animal. So they can put out noises that are at such a high range. Like, even Mariah Carey would be like, what? I, I can't even and then they have such low range and so they were looking at the high range of like what is it that causes their voice to make that super high range but in and it's something that humans can't duplicate or can't even hear and in in studying the the extremes of both ends they found that on the other end of the spectrum in the really low frequencies they utilize the same parts of the vocal cords or a a part of the vocal cords that humans rarely get to use it's called what do they call them they're these these vocal cord folds these folds they call them false vocal folds that are parts of our uh they're a part of our mm, vocal cords that are such a low range that they're almost never used by humans. The only time they're used is in like the, the throat singing mm-hmm. and by death metal singers. People who can sing and like accents. It's like that screamo music. Yes. Like, save your pretty Yes. Voice. Like that kind of thing that like hurts your voice when you do it. And they get their, their lowered, 
a little bit towards the vocal cord folds. And then they like create these vibrations that become very irregular. And it creates this very rough sound. Like it's lowering where the vibrations take place on the vocal cords. Like you, you have to really mm-hmm. focus on it. Like if you think about, even as I'm talking now, and I think about where my voice is coming mm-hmm. from, if I were to like imagine myself internally pointing to what part of my vocal cords, and then I brought it down like this, I would point to a lower part in my throat, mm-hmm. a lower yeah, part like of my Yeah, like singers, when you take voice lessons, this is what you learn. Like a, They call it your head voice. Oh, I didn't know that. And it's that sort of like Karen Walker nasal thing from Will and Grace, like that. The thing I just did yeah. that when I said yeah. I didn't know that. And like, <laughs> oh God, I, I, I do that a lot too. <laughs> but like you want to, you, you know, if you're a good singer, you want it to come from your diaphragm, which is way down here. So you have to like, and then it's supposed to come out like your oh, nose kind of. Oh, man. Like you're supposed to kind of it's feel so... it in the tip of your nose. Yeah. And when I force, when I kind of. And it's like there's this flexing of your abdominal muscles that has yeah. to happen when you do it. And it's it's a very, like, guttural sound that you make when you drop the, yeah. the frequency down there. And so uh, in, I was listening to, um, it was an article, but it was also, uh, like, on NPR radio. So they had the audio clip of it. And they played the frequency of the bats, like, what they the sound low like. One? If, the low one? The low one. But if you were to match it to what human range, like if you were yeah. to drop everything down into a human range, yeah, it sounds fucking creepy. Like a death metal person? No. Like ghostly. Like remember when we played the audio of what the inside of yeah. a black hole sound? Oh, I'm getting fucking goosebumps and creepiness right now. And we talk about that. The, the devil's note that you said is that like split octave or whatever you call it yeah. in music. Yeah. Where it's like. That certain note that that sends the chill down your spine. Yeah, this is the same kind of thing, and so it makes me wonder, mm-hmm. like, why do we classify? So when I think about the snake being the second most common in some parts of the world, the most common dream, and it's this thing that feels like like unnatural, underworld, yes. and unnatural. And then you think <clears throat> about the our relationship and our like the 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 connotation we have about like bats like bats have a very like <sighs> Susie's doing the shiver right, now, right I I I I'm doing it to all of you right everybody's yeah that. that and how like bats and snakes if I were to like put animals in a category they would be yes. in the same category yes. and they also do these things that challenge like the the or make us go like what is that yeah That's what's this all about spooky. you don't belong so, here. It almost feels like these animals, which came first? It's like chicken or the egg. Did, did did we have some understanding of these deep noises that bats yeah, make? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That make us feel like yes. that's spooky. So then we labeled a bat, this is creepy. Yeah. In the same way we did with snakes and how they move. Yeah. It's just... Yeah. Just made me like... Brain candy, brainiac, yeah. thing, like turned on my, my thinking yeah. hat. <laughs> okay, because, and stay with me on this, this will sound unrelated, yes. but when, uh, you know how women always want to know, like, am I having a boy or a girl when they're pregnant? Like this whole bullshit about gender. Okay. And then there's no way to predict it based on like, oh, it's it's setting high up in your body, so it's uh, whatever. Um, the, you mean uh, there's about a 50-50 chance you'll get it right? Yeah. yeah. 
The only predictor that is beyond like a sonogram has been dreams. I know. Because some part of your brain knows what it is yes. in there. Yes. And I feel like that's what you're oh. saying about these snakes in the yeah. bats. Like we know, like we know, but we don't know we, we know. don't know why. <laughs> yeah. See? See? I, I was like, this, this, this. Yeah, I, you're I, cracking codes. I've just codes. been like, like I, there have been so many, like, I've put the conditioner in my hair and I'm waiting for it to sit in yeah. and like do its job. And I'm just staring at the wall. Yes. Kind of shifty eyes going like, Pretend. what is this all about? <gasps> need to write this down. Yes. Yeah, and that has been like my, as I've been thinking about these different subjects for this, for this yeah. the dreams and the creepy things and the spooky things and the, why it does that and sounds. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. This is very yeah. interesting. I think you're onto something. I know we're onto something about how great Chime is. And anybody that's used a banking app knows how garbage they usually are. So Or used a bank. Or or used a bank in general. And that's yeah. why we're singing the praises of Chime because it isn't like that. You can get a payday up to two days early, fee-free overdrafts up to 200 bucks, which I think we could all use. Right about Definitely. now, because yeah. the holidays are over, and let's just say we spent a little bit of money. Um, so you can see for yourself why Chime is so loved at Chime.com/slash/braincandy. That's Chime.com/slash/braincandy. Chime is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services and debit card provided by the BankCorp Bank or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. See Chime.com/slash/spotme. Chime was the 2021 number one most downloaded banking app in the U.S. according to Aptopia. Ha ha. Everybody knows, and now you do too. Now you do too. Can I introduce our guest, or would you like to say something? Absolutely. I feel like I gotta just like leave it there. That you know, we we even though it was just like two stories, and usually we come with them some more fun facts. There was so much there that I just like have to like drop that and let you like think about that as I do. I feel like we solved and, some of the universe mysteries too. Probably. I mean. Definitely or made some loose connections. <laughs> yeah. I love little breadcrumbs that can then sustain mm-hmm. you as you figure oh. out life. It's so fun. Um, our guest today, as I've already sung his praises, is George McCalman. He wrote and illustrated the illustrated black history. I said it wrong earlier. I said black illustrated history, but it's illustrated black history. And it's absolutely gorgeous book. Perfect to display in your home and also perfect to read and familiarize yourself with members of the black community who have created an incredible legacy that is often hidden by Mm -hmm. the white supremacist uh, teaching methods, as well as just ethnocentrism in general. Mm -hmm. And he is doing the Lord's work because he is trying to tell these stories in a way that we can all consume and appreciate and just enjoy the beauty of their lives and his artwork. It's a stunning book. So check it out and check out my interview with him. He's wonderful. Welcome to the show, George. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Brain Candy Podcast. I'm so honored to talk to you 
Can you even believe how much talent you have? It's ridiculous. Oh, stop it, Susie. I'm so annoyed. <laughs> the heck? Like, save some for the rest of us. <laughs> I mean, you're so special. You. This is such a gorgeous book. I hope everybody gets it. I know our listeners will love it. Illustrated Black History Honoring the Iconic and the Unseen. Yes. Holy heck, how long did this take you, sir? It took a while. It took the actual making of the book took four years. Uh, but the original project from the original project to the publication of the book, it was six years. That is sick. My God. Well, then you must be so pleased that it's finally out in the world and people are loving it. Relief. Relief. (laughs) (laughs) Is everybody showering you with praise? It's kind of wild. Yeah, yes. Um, the book is on its second printing, which is a really amazing thing. So soon, um, it's a sign that I, I, I imagine people are responding to it. Um, and it just feels really great. The feedback I've gotten is much more emotional. Yeah. Than I, I personally was even prepared for because when you're making something, you're just on the inside of it. And I wasn't really thinking, I, I hoped that my community would, um, would love it. You know, it's a really, it's a love letter to American culture and the black community. And it really is, it's, it was made with love and, and appreciation and dedication to the pioneers who basically created the framework of this country. And, um, but I, I totally, but then it goes out into the world and then, and then people are responding to it and it's like, oh, oh, okay. This is real. real. And I am struck by the, uh, you saying that it's been emotional because when I was reading your introduction, that's the word that I would kept coming up for me because it was so many emotions that you had. Like you, you began your introduction by saying, I had a curiosity so that's sort of what the little spark began with. But then you, it was, there was joy and gratitude, but also anger and frustration. Yes. So like that really must have bled into how the readers embraced it. Right. Yes. Yes. I, um, I remember one of the blurbists, um, who the, you know, in book parlance, you know, you ask basically famous people to write a testimony on your book. <laughs> <laughs> and one of those is one of my literary heroes, current literary heroes, Hilton Alls. And I remember when he wrote that he was going to write a blurb, he also wrote, he's like, your introduction was a bold proposal. You're not supposed to write <laughs> about your emotions as you're working on a book of history. And that you are saying all of the things that will allow people to identify with you is a really bold declaration. And Mm -hmm. I I really appreciate it that he wrote that. He was like, it's really amazing that you decided to write this way about this. Yes, but then you delivered. So it wasn't some sort of empty, hollow, you know, whatever. You really provided that for the reader. And... Mm -hmm. It just came through and I was struck by like the book is so joyful in terms of there's so much color and I don't know, life and vibrancy. Um, but 
it had, did you not suffer from any cynicism and like bitterness like the rest oh. of us have? Girl, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, the, you know, I'm making a book about American history, about 400 years of American history, and then life is going on all around me. And so you can't not be affected. Yeah. You know, and it, and for me, it was like a refraction of history. You know, you see basically how we, as a country, we just keep repeating our mistakes over and over and over and over again. And as I'm writing and researching and working with my writing collaborator, April Reynolds, we're, we're reflecting the irony of focusing on the history yeah. of so many of our pioneers that, you know, the same context is just happening currently, you know, with uh, 2020, with the Trump election, with, you know, there's just so many things that we kept seeing in the words that we were writing. Yeah. Reflected in our everyday life. And a lot of it is maddening and angering and frustrating. And there's a lot of resignation and a sense of hopelessness at times and feeling lost and how are we going to find our way out of these cultural and political messes that we find ourselves in? And so that was an active part of the conversation. At no point did I leave the real world. Yeah. I was making this. It was well, that, that makes sense because when you started your introduction, you said you wanted to connect the dots between past and present. And it so there isn't that just transcendence because you're still in it. Yes. Yes. And at, at no point did I take a sabbatical, yeah. you know, typically when you work on a book with this ambition, you need to take time off. And so it was both a good thing and a frustrating thing that I did not have any time off. I, I was just immersed in the making of the book and real life at the same time. I was fascinated by the fact that you struggled with, uh, or at least grappled with this idea that you were even worthy of yes. why yes yes well you know you know this is a this is a complicated thing to say out loud it's something that black people know and and i'm i'm going to try to explain it like we are seen american society relegates each of us individuals black citizens as representatives of our entire communities and so i grew up you know, I'm an immigrant and I moved to this country when I was eight years old and I've lived, I've been a citizen most of my human existence. And so I'm both outside and inside of the American experience. And I say that very proudly. Um, but I also know that this country places the burden of who we are all supposed to be seen as a people on each of us. And so it is sometimes internalized. And we feel responsible. <laughs> this is the scourge of racism. You know, it's, it, it forces, um, an extra burden, an extra layer, and it's invisible. You know, we don't necessarily, we don't talk about this in an everyday way. We don't, but I felt that if I took this on and I failed in it, it would reflect poorly. Oh, wow. Because this book didn't exist before, and so it's the first of its kind, and it's it's its own pioneer. Mm -hmm. And so 
I wanted to make sure that I got it right. And so I wanted to make sure that I was the right person to do this. And so it took me about a year to kind of work out my internal, you know, oh, am I, am I, am I not? Am I? And then when, when I got there, I never second guessed it again, but there wasn't a period to be completely honest where I was like, "Mm, I'm not sure I'm the right person to do this. Did you know at that time that that doubt was informed by that internalized crap? Yes. Okay. Yes. And I was actively, you know, kind of deconstructing it. Yeah. Um, as as I was kind of second guessing myself, mm-hmm. I was also engaged in conversation with people in my community, my studio mate. You know, there were there were lots of people that I was working this through with because I knew that it was it wasn't really me. Like I was super excited to do this, and I yeah, I sense of purpose around it. But I also needed to work out, you know, kind of the plot also, you know, just my own narrative of I wanted to make sure I was fully in inside of this experience. Yeah. And that I wasn't kind of second guessing myself. And, and, you know, I mean, we all have our secret insecurities that can torpedo momentum, that can torpedo our dreams. And I wanted to just make sure that I was fully fully embracing my excitement and my enthusiasm for doing this. It seems like once you came to that conclusion, that it almost took on a feeling of like a calling. Totally. That is a really great way to put it. Once I had worked all of that out, it just became a mandate and a purpose. And it it was a calling. Like I, 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 with no hyperbole, I worked on this project for seven days a week for four years. That's there was bonkers. no there was no time I was not with the exception of two months. I took a two month break um due to some life circumstances, but it was the only time that I did not think about this project or I wasn't engaged in some process or some form of it um the whole time. And do you feel now that it's complete that you can get some perspective or are you still in the thick of it? No, I, I, I got the book that I wanted. I, you know, I, that's one of the reasons that I designed it also was to have the creative control to make sure that it was exactly what I envisioned. I would never have trusted anyone else to design this, this book at all. Um, and so tackling all, all of those pieces, both together and individually, it, it, you know, it, it just kind of, it's just in your veins. And so when it's done, it's actually done. And I was just really delighted to say it was such a relief when we sent it out to the printer. And I was like, okay. Oh my gosh. Can, what did that feel like? It was, Susie, it was incredible. It was uh, just relief with, a, yeah. with all caps <laughs> and, and little space in between the letters. R-E-L-I-E. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I can only imagine what that felt like. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. 
but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. And so when you're beginning the process, at first you said it was just black and white um, imagery. Um, ultimately it was everything. I don't even, I like when you, did you just trust your feelings in terms of like what each thing would look like? Yes. Yes. This is one of those weird things that's hard. Yeah. I I think artists struggle with talking about the regular people. We're like, yes. Yeah. No. Cause it's, it's like, how do you describe magic? You know, how do you? Because that's that's what I think art mm. is, is human magic. It just like it's not quantifiable. There's no formula. Yeah, it's different for every person, and it's also pretty profound. You know, it's I just trusted. I have no real process, and it is a you know it's a wild thing to say. Yeah, out loud. You know, it is, I don't know what tools I'm going to use before I sit down. Like all of these portraits, yeah. I did not know how they were going to turn out. Absolutely not. I would be breathing into a paper bag. Like I can't even take the anxiety of knowing that. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. That's, that really is magic to me. You're right. It is. And I've, I've always viewed it that way. And being an artist myself the last few years in a declarative way where, yeah, I can say now I've always been an artist, but the truth is I didn't really start practicing it on a daily, every day where it's just a part of my breathing and brushing my teeth. It's, it's as common as that, you know? Um, and I, I just really, it took me a while to just accept that. I wasn't always going to be able to explain it and it wasn't always going to be able to make sense to mm-hmm. anyone, but I know intuitively what I need to do to produce a, a beautiful piece of art. And I yeah, just trust sure my instincts, my feelings. I just reach over Susie and I pick up whatever is in front of me and I start working. What? That for me is supernatural. <laughs> That's really, I'm so grateful for people like you, but I do not understand it. Right. At all. Right. So I'm just glad right. you're out there doing it. Right. <laughs> no, and it's totally, and I totally understand that most people don't understand this. Yeah. And, and I think it's totally fine that people don't understand this, but I also, I like explaining. Yeah. Even that there is no real process, I like explaining that to people because I think there's some sort of like, there's a wall. 
Yeah. Kind of separating folks who are not artistic from folks who are. Yeah. And I, I like to bring those walls down and just say, you know, I just pick up and I start moving and I just, I just trust my hands and my body and I'm just producing something that is supernatural. And then when it's done, I step back and it's like, okay, there it is. Well, it's a public service for real, because we need I'm you guys. So happy. Can we, can you be our PR director? Can we just, <laughs> Susie, can we? I'm your hype woman. I got you. Can you, can you just real. be a hype woman for all artists <laughs> everywhere? Real, because it's mystifying to people like me who just don't have that gift. And, right. but I'm so thankful for it. Yeah. Um, you know how when you maybe listen to music or something and you'll get like an earworm and it'll kind of be stuck in there. Uh, did, was it like that at all with the people in this book where like you love and appreciate all of them, but there would be somebody that kind of like would burrow inside? Yes. Um, in the research, in for every single subject, because I've been asked, how did I make the decision? Yeah. And the truth is, it was also very kind of intuitive. I would research someone and then find an aspect of their story that just like took hold. Mm. And I just wanted to know more. And it just became this kind of driving passion where I had to know more mm. about a certain aspect of Ida B. Wells's life. Um, or I wanted to know, I wanted to focus on an, uh, on a particular period of Langston mm. Hughes' life or James Baldwin's. Um, and, and I wanted to just kind of know more, you know, Anita Hill, what I, what I was interested in her life is basically that she has survived enough to register her genuine anger at that. And, and, you know, what, that's what I really, I admire about her is that she had to be so restrained you know, that woman knew that she was going to be raped over the coals, that she, that she was, that they were going to paint her as a villain because mm -hmm. she was a woman and that they were, the system was going to be in service to Clarence Thomas getting in, despite the fact that he lied and mm -hmm. he lied to get in to the Supreme Court. And so there's this woman who's there who is representing the truth of her existence and society isn't ready to hear a woman speaking up for and registering what sexual harassment. These are, these are all new conversations yeah. at the time. Like she was a trailblazer and she's survived long enough to just in interviews. She's just pissed. <laughs> she's just, she's just pissed. And I love that. I love that she is getting to express her outrage at how she was treated, mm. how Joe Biden treated her. <laughs> right. You know, let's, let's not forget that. Like, yeah. you know, it was just all of it. And, and that's just the, the cauldron of history. It's all just there. And, but there are human emotions. It's not just a series of moments and dates, which is how we talk about history. It's actually the emotions of all of us processing that history mm -hmm. and the people who are at the center of these events and cultural and political moments in our lives. Well, and as you say on um, the, the front cover, the iconic and the unseen, and so much of it being unseen is intentional mm -hmm. and exclusionary and by design. And it felt like whenever you had moments of rage or, or anger, frustration, that that was almost how you 
we're honoring these people. Yes. Yes. Because we should be mad. We should, we should be mad. Yeah. Should be mad. And, and as much as I have presented this book joyfully, the history is really painful. You know, and that that needs to be, I think that is at the epicenter of what this country continually struggles with. It refuses to acknowledge its pain. And the foundation of how this country was founded is really painful. It's mm-hmm. not it's not something to be celebrated. It it's a really painful way for a country to um comport itself as a starting point. And we've just never acknowledged it as a society. And so it just continues to linger. This pain just continues to hang in the air and it informs so much of who we are and are not as Americans. And so I I really agree with you. This, This idea of just kind of acknowledging, we can acknowledge the uncomfortable parts of our history too. And that is the path forward. Yeah. And sometimes the anger is what can cause change. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes I think that is, it is really necessary. Yeah. It's really disturbing. That's why you you need to be all of our life coach. Cause it seems like you have really found the way to do it. That isn't destructive per inside of you. Well, that is also, that is the scourge of racism. It just, it haunts everyone. And you know, the way I think about racism is that it has, it's definitely haunted black people, but I think it has haunted white people just as much. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone it, is worse off. Everyone is worse off. Yeah. I think, I think of the white community as a particularly haunted people because it's, it's just that you have this stuff that you know that you're, that everyone's carrying around, but no one's admitting it. Yeah. And, and how can that not corrupt your system? How can that not corrupt you individually, as a community, as a city, as a country? You know, we, we the ways that that racism affects Black people is something that we are talking about more and more. But we don't talk about how racism has affected white people. Yeah, it's everybody's garbage. It's everyone's garbage. <laughs> it's yeah. Everyone's garbage. I remember when I first heard about your book, whatever I was reading had said that you deliberately chose to release it outside of Black History Month. Um, Tell me about that choice. Um, You know, I have a deep appreciation for what Black History Month does. And it is is there to right a wrong. You know, where... Black history as a concept, as a teaching point, as a point of celebration, just was not there, you know, at all. But the interesting thing that in the years and decades since its existence, it has become another American holiday that is commodified. And so we're real good at that, aren't we? We're really good at just (sighs) flattening everything into spending and shopping. Right. And so that is what I was responding to. I didn't yeah. want it to just fall in line with the, you know, 10 people that are trotted out every, you know, in the form of quotes and good feeling with, with no complexity and no curiosity about the yeah. actual accomplishments 
of Black Americans. Yeah, it can feel like checking the box. Kind it's of. totally. Yeah. yeah. And so I didn't, I didn't want it getting lost as a opening salvo. And so, and, and most importantly to me, I believe that Black history is every day, every month. Yeah. And so releasing it in, in late September was like, yeah, that's, that's what we should do. Well, and you're so right. This isn't, this is black history, of course, but it's American history, whether American history. people want it to be or not, whether is. people want it to be or not. And yeah. And you know, and, and the unofficial subtitle of the book is black history is every month. And this is American history. You know, I actually, I wrote that sentence in the synopsis of the book it, it is it is American history, and I'm moving it closer and closer yeah. to it being uh, perceived in that way. Yeah, and it is a, a labor of love, and I'm so thankful because what you're doing is so important and consequential. And I know sometimes it probably feels thankless and uh, like drudgery, maybe sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but it is not without, you know, an effect. And I'm so thankful. Thank you so much. You're, it was delightful to chat with you. you I'm so honored. Conversationalist, Susie. <laughs> no, you, you inspire me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're inspiring. It's so easy because you're a really talented person. And I hope it like seeps through the screen and oh, becomes thank contagious. You. Thank you. So I hope everyone buys your book and... We have one last thing I ask everybody. Would you indulge me? Absolutely. We want to know if you happen to have a vehicle, what do you keep in the trunk of your car? Snacks. <laughs> You're lying. Snacks. No one has ever said that. Snacks. Snacks, number one. Right. Um, drawing tools, like a notepad, just backup. I, yeah. I am. I'm a bag lady with my art supplies <laughs> and I carry my stuff with me everywhere. It's, I, I have a little pouch of pencils and pens and, and I have one or two notebooks with me yeah. at all times. You're the coolest. And what kind so, of snacks though? Well, <laughs> since we're getting specific. Yeah. I'm just curious. Um, cashew nuts, huh. um, mm. plantain chips, Okay. Dried mango. My God, you're so healthy. <laughs> There's like nothing bad in there. No, but I'm, I'm getting to that. Oh. Um, and then Milky Way bars. <gasps> That's my jam. Wow, you're kidding me. Milky Way. Like, I'm a child of the 80s, and I love <laughs> Kit Kat and Milky Way bars. <laughs> wow. I'm so glad I asked. Aren't you sorry you asked? No, <laughs> that's the best answer. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. I appreciate it. And thank you for coming on Brain Candy. And I can't wait to see all the people that tag us in the book that they buy because they are going to love it. It's You are just delightful. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you.